everybody. Welcome to another episode of Novel Black Girl. It's your girl, Vaniqua Renee. I'm here with my two lit chicks. Say hello to the people, y'all. What up, y'all? It's Alana, your tech girl who loves to read. And it's Rosalind. Not coming from a couch anymore. Done upgraded, so I'm out here just living, laughing, and loving life. All right, so we are kicking off a new book today. We are reading Queenie by Candice Cardi-Williams. Um, this is my book choice, so I'm very excited for us to dive into this. I feel like it's going to be some good conversation. Um, so we had a request to read the intro to the book just to give you guys a synopsis, just in case y'all haven't read it. Um, so I'm going to read the introduction that the author provides. Queenie Jenkins is a 25-year-old Jamaican-British woman living in London, straddling two cultures and not feeling entirely comfortable in either. She's worked hard to obtain a job at a national newspaper, but once there, she finds she's constantly comparing herself to white middle-class peers and coming up wanting. Plus, there's the breakup with her long-term boyfriend. Unmoored, Queenie seeks comfort in all the wrong places, making many questionable decisions. As Queenie careens from one poor choice to another, she finds herself wondering, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And who do you want to be? All of the questions a woman today must face in the world trying to answer them for her. With fresh and honest prose, Queenie is a remarkably relatable exploration of what it means to be a modern woman searching for meaning in today's world. So I definitely was able to relate to this character a ton, even though she is based in London. So we're going to dive into some questions. Kick it off. Um, so wanted to hear from you ladies. Same. What's your I first agree. impression? What's your first impression of Queenie? Did y'all like her? How are y'all feeling about her? I was intrigued. Like from the moment the book started, I was like, oh, okay, got the, the London, you know, out here professional, all of this stuff, but dating a white guy. So I was just like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen here. I was just intrigued. I feel like the way the book started, I was like, oh, well, so we're just getting straight to it. Mm -hmm. I was like, Whoo. if this is how it's starting, then how, how is it going to end? It's so, true. Um, definitely was intrigued and caught, caught my attention right from the get-go. So it was, um, I, I will continue reading this. Let's just say that. Um, I definitely thought she took me back to like living in my 20s. Um, I couldn't relate to every single thing she was going through, but I could certainly pinpoint at least a friend that went through similar things or thought processes that she went through. So I thought she was extremely um, relatable off top mm -hmm. in the scenarios and situations she put herself in are definitely relatable. It's life lessons like you learn going through your 20s, especially. And I hope the 30s don't bring me lessons like that. We don't see. Um, that's a lot of the 20s um, for me. Life is a lesson. It's about experience. So embrace all of it. I don't want them lessons in 30. I feel like I should have learned by now from either myself or other people going through stuff. But yeah. you things that you do in your experience. So you may not act. I guess the I guess what I'm saying is don't welcome the lessons, but of course they, they won't be those type of lessons. Though, yeah, these are immature. Engaging. Yeah, you're not engaging in those type of activities. Yeah, these are early twenty lessons. Yeah. 
for at least for me. Some of y'all might be learning later in life, whatever. Um, but these would be very early 20s, even late teens, like 19 through maybe 24. Your old lessons. I mean, she was, what, 25? So that's usually around the time where most people start to figure it out and get over all of the the crap that they <laughs> put up with. So, I don't know, it seemed fitting that this was the age of this character and these were some of the things that she was dealing with. Do y'all feel like even when there were moments you couldn't relate or maybe you wouldn't have acted the same way she would have, do you think the structure of the book and the way the author allows us to see like text messages from other people and like flashbacks, did that help you understand her more or her perspective more? I actually like that do that. Me too. Where um, you're in the present, but then they give you the backstory in that moment. Because just the type of reader I am, I'm always like, if it hasn't been given to me already, I'm like, well, why are they acting like this? And then you don't really figure out why they're acting like that all the way to the end. And that's when I start skipping around. I have a bad habit of that. But um, <laughs> I like how it was like, okay, current situation, and then we reflect back on like a gift that our moment her and Tom had, but then you're in the midst of their break right now. So I actually like the flipping. It's, it helps the type of reader I am. For sure. And I think it's helped really represent how life works. Like our actions are loaded with our backstories and our histories. Um, like there's a reason we react to um, things that happen to us in life. So I appreciate it having that perspective instead of me making all of these assumptions because there were times where I'm like, what is this girl doing? I cannot relate. Like what is happening? Um, but getting to know her backstory and her mom's story, I'm like, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Um, why you're making such crazy decisions. Yeah. I really like that. They put the text messages and emails in there because it made the conversation seem more real. Like, most novels will have some type of dialogue between two characters, but in these moments where they're sending text messages back and forth, you can kind of understand like currently how she's feeling, what she's thinking as she's writing these little blurbs about whatever it is that she's experiencing or going through and how her friends will like, respond as well. And so I think that also added some dimension to the characters and to the way the book was set up. I really like enjoyed that part of it too. So a big part of this book explores Queenie's relationship with Tom. So Queenie is a black woman, um, Jamaican descent, and her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend is a white man. Um, so let's kick it off. Have you guys ever dated a white man? Who would you? Could you? I have not dated a white man. And uh, reading this book reaffirms my decision not to date a white man. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> no white I just, I just don't, I don't think every relationship Queenie kind of talked about with these white men just was like, nope, this is why I can't do it. And it's just too many nuances and, and underlying things that 
I think we as black women go through that a white man just would not ever be aware of. And it just, it frustrated me watching these interactions, but well, reading these interactions between them. I don't know. I couldn't do it. I haven't. I couldn't. Ross, could you? I haven't dated a Caucasian. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't, but as we have talked about before, I want whole black children, so I probably <laughs> won't. Her children going to be blackity black black. So I probably mm-hmm. won't, but um, to not even go on dates. You never know. I ain't going <laughs> to block my blessings. <laughs> Exactly. That's the whole thing. So, like, because her her interaction with Tom and the family is what I just couldn't buy with. I would be going off, not to get ahead of where we're going, but I would go off to the way um, Queenie did with some of the interactions when it came to the family gatherings. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you just going to sit there and let them talk like this? Right. Under the rug? And not expect me to get emotional? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think it would be challenging for me to date a white guy. I mean, literally, I remember feeling the difference as someone from West Indian descent dating just an African-American guy. I remember feeling like there's just some differences um, how we're raised and some of the things we believe. So I imagine that transition to dating a white guy would be even harder um i don't even know that i could date a latino guy or asian guy i just think i was just about to say i don't think it's just white yeah i think it's yeah no used to because you can only um go from your own experiences and relate to people from your experiences so i don't know like even like even as a even in a I guess the black on black relationship, I necessarily can't relate to everything a black man goes through. I can only relate to it from my eyes and my perspective right. as well. So even within that, there's some type of learning that needs to be had and understanding. I guess never say never because then to that point, like dating someone from the South was completely different for me. Dang near is different as I would imagine it being dating a white guy. Um, I think sometimes there's beauty, beauty in the differences in merging cultures, um, but other times it might just be a struggle or hurdle that you're not willing to get over. I don't think that is impossible to get over, but we got to decide if you're willing to put in the amount of effort it would take to date someone outside of your ethnicity or cultural background. Um, I don't know. He'd have to be a special breed of white guy for me to date him, and it as y'all know, because I've recently had someone white trying to flirt with me, I have to be willing to jump in with him. Right now, today, in this moment, I'm not willing to jump in and risk it. I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not at a place with Trump as my president to jump in with him. (laughs) Maybe maybe at a different time in life. Um, So you started talking about some of the interactions that Queenie had with Tom's family. So to paint the picture, for those of you who have not read the book, There's a moment um, quite early in the book where Queenie attends a party that Tom's mom is throwing. It's like a birthday party. And she overhears Tom's uncle refer to her as a nigger, 
when they are about to play a game, he says, let the nigger play that part. And her boyfriend nonchalantly just doesn't even respond to his uncle. Um, they didn't even know she could hear it. And when she makes it known that she heard it, um, it becomes a big debacle. And it ends in Queenie leaving and Tom saying, oh, you ruined my mom's party. And he stays there and lets her go home by herself. Um, how did you guys feel about Queenie's reaction in that moment? I think she would do what anybody would do. Yeah, I, I thought it was justified. I mean, right. I'm a the boyfriend. If you don't want to look at me, I'm a death-stare the brother. I'm going to say everybody at the table until somebody say something. So y'all would have handled it the same way Queenie did? I would have been like, Most likely. what was that you said? And then then it's the, always the typical, oh, you know what I mean. No, I don't. Say it again. <laughs> it oh. reminded me of that uh, scene from Insecure with Molly and her Asian boyfriend and how he, her brother said some sideways remarks to her. And it was just like, she responded angrily rightfully so and i don't know i just i don't think there's any other response right like it's just hard to contain the disrespect yeah, I imagine being in that moment but i actually remember reading and being disappointed that she didn't do more like i wanted her to not necessarily black out be disrespectful and yell at people but if my boyfriend allows me to leave and then decides to stay for a few days and not back me up even a little, that right there would have been when the breakup occurred. Like I feel like you have to have enough respect for yourself to draw the line right then and there immediately in the moment. And I feel like she did a little too much like begging, in my mm. opinion. Of, no, don't let me leave. What do you mean you're going to stay here? It was just like, ill. Like, no, he should have been cut off right then in that moment. Um, that was a deal breaker enough for me. So I feel like I would have done even more. And it sounded like this happens frequently. Frequently. Like, mm -hmm. It's like, oh, here you It's almost like one of those, here you go again, as mm -hmm. in here Queenie goes again reacting well when it should be uncle, whoever, whoever the uncle's name was, needs to have some more respect. Right. In my opinion. But it's also clear and evident that Queenie didn't have very much respect for herself anyway. Because she was constantly putting up with some bull. Now, what I will say is true is there are times when we're in a relationship and we can't see the negatives, or you see it and we deny it because of that soul tie or whatever is happening, whatever feelings you have. Um, so, there are times when we all look back and we're like, ooh, I should have left at this point. Do y'all have that experience? Can y'all relate to that? Can you think of someone who's your Tom? Didn't have to be blatant racism, but who's like your time or that ex that it took you forever to get rid of? Y'all For that? sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think we all have those experiences, maybe not as overt as hers, um, where somebody called her a nigger. <laughs> that I can't imagine but I also look back and I think about my exes and some of the things they were doing specifically one but like in hindsight you're like dang how did you put up with all of that for so long when this happened so early in the relationship and you could have left at that point right but in the moments you're just like ah whatever it's cool it'll we'll get past it or 
I'll, we'll talk about it and then it won't happen again. Or, you know, you constantly make excuses or hope that things will change and get better and that you'll, they'll see your point of view. And, you know, miraculously, this guy is everything you want him to be, even though he's shown you he's not. And so I think, I think it's co a common experience, maybe not as drastic, <laughs> but it is common. Yeah, and I think what I've learned, though, is to take it as drastic. There's certain disrespect, in my opinion, that should warrant a quick cutoff, just like the racial slur, right? There's a certain amount of disrespect that I shouldn't tolerate and should cut that off immediately when in a toxic relationship or something happens. Um, I think the more we start to see it as that, the more we'll be able to get out in the moment. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think if we start to see yeah, like a liar sense. for me is a deal breaker. So a liar, you blatantly lying about something is just as harsh as I would react to a white guy's family member calling me a nigger. It automatically, when I realize you're a liar, I should cut you off the same way I would cut off a Tom. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. But me at 22, 23 <laughs> and me now at 30. <laughs> Just there, there. <laughs> right? I wasn't there, and it was like, oh, but I love him, and it's okay. Like you know, just stupid, like wanting to have this relationship, quote unquote, so bad that you kind of put up with stuff. Where now, me, me at thirty is like, mm -mm, it's out the window. Like I'm good, you're good. Like we ain't gotta be friends. Like that type of growth that happens, I think. I don't know, it's a big shift from early 20s, mid-20s to then late 20s, early 30s. It's a big shift. At least it was for me. I pride myself on having patience, but I, I'll cut somebody off real quick. And then be like, we can still be friends, though. <laughs> I'll be, I'm like, nah, this ain't for me. But let's keep in contact. Okay. And, they'll, and they want to, they're like, I don't want to be your friend. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't offer the friend thing. I like my separation to be respectful and, and calm. I tend to get really calm when I'm hurt or angry. So I've never had like a blow up argument because it's just opposite of my personality. But I think that also confuses people because they were like, well, you were so calm in the conversation and you just express yourself. Why can't we be friends? And it's like, no, nah, I'm good. Friends like you who needs enemies. Like, I'm good with the cutoff. Wish you well and don't ever need to hear from you again. Yeah, my cubs haven't have never been been with anybody doing anybody bad. It's just like I know this isn't going anywhere, but I know we could benefit from each other and like networking stuff like that. So in my head, I black out too much for that, which maybe is something I still need to learn to control. But in my head, I'm like, I don't care what network you have. There's no benefits to keeping you in my life. No, I cut it off. So in this book, her friends are then navigating her relationship with her as well. So like there are moments where they're like, oh yeah, it's a break. Like, this is going to give you a moment. How do you feel like her friends did navigating her breakup or break, quote unquote? I think they were as supportive as they could be without like bashing her, man. Because, <laughs> you know... And I feel like they had gone through these phases, her and Tom, Queenie and Tom had gone through these phases enough where the friends were kind of like, oh, it's just another 
moment like you mad he's whatever and y'all be back in a minute anyway so I kind of think that's what was happening at first or at least that's how I perceived it (laughs) but I don't know I think there was I forget what friend it was but I feel like one friend was like it's done (laughs) a a break is a breakup it was facts yeah you gotta let it go because you got you had to get yourself prepared as if this is not as if y'all are not getting back together. And I more than likely would have been that friend like, just let it go, sis. It's all right. Because the way, I can see if there was some type of, it, it was, what, what made me think of that, like it's over, was when he just said the clean break. Like, a clean break, I hear that phrase, I'm thinking of like, over and done with. Where Ain't no coming people, back. Yeah, some people take breaks and it's like a legit break. You still in communication, like, well, like in communication where you're you're still touching base, checking in, but you're still taking a break for self to figure things out. Um, but in this instance, I was like, all the communication was one way, and if Queenie did get a response, it was one of those responses like, "Why you keep bothering me?" It was like. She was nagging Tom, and Tom was like, "I don't want, any, I don't want to have anything else to do with you." I think personally, I would have struggled trying to figure out how to support you all, because in my head, the moment a man lets you move out, in my head, I'm like, "Nah, sis, this is done." Like, what kind of breakup yeah. makes you open a new lease somewhere? Like, I can't logically think through that. Yeah. Um, but because she was so gun ho of like, no, we're going to get back together. I'm just giving him his space. I feel like I would have struggled because I'd have been like, one, since he requested the break, he can go. And two, like, the moment you then start sleeping with other people as well, like, I don't, I don't know that I would be able to help you navigate that break or breakup. I just kind of would have been sitting by like, you sure you know what you're doing right now? Because you a thought in a low key break relationship like I don't understand what's happening in life right now I can't support either um I think the shift did happen though where the friends were like not talking about her relationship with Tom as much as they were talking about her relationships with all of these other men that she started seeing after this break or whatever but I also think Tom should have just been like, look, we done. Instead of calling it a break, saying, no, we are not together. I don't want to get back together. <laughs> so he was kind of shitty for that, too. Like, communicate exactly what you mean. Exactly. So it ain't no gray area. But she should have also been mature enough to realize <laughs> what that meant. I'm trying to remember when she catches Tom dating someone else. Did she tell her friends that that happened? Yes. This was she near did. the end after she had gone through her sex campaign. Yeah, she did. What'd you say? She didn't tell them in the moment though, right? Like, oh, today I saw Tom and a girl was at the apartment with him. I'm pretty sure she did. She did? Because I think mm-hmm. that would be the point where I'm like, okay, don't be dumb. He's out yeah, that's what... This is over. But this was like months later. I mean, like they hadn't spoken to each other for almost six months at that point um, that she went to his house and saw the other woman there. 
And so it had been some considerable time where she didn't tell them in the moment she was going over there. But afterwards, when she found this new girlfriend, she texted them like, Tom has a new girlfriend. And they were like, wait, what? You know, they had that kind of reaction. And then they were basically like, well, this is it. You know, it's done type of situation. I feel like, so there's that saying that some people say, I think some people believe like the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else, which Queenie took to the extreme, in my opinion. But if y'all saw your friends taking her Sex approach, <laughs> yeah, no. as far as like getting under, she's being sexually free. Would y'all say something to your friends? Absolutely. You I would? At that, point, at that point, your safety is like at stake. Like, you are not being safe anymore. Like, and so I would have to say something. Whether I'm not going to keep saying something, but I'm going to say something at least one one or two times and be like, look, your vagina going to fall off, girl, if you don't get it together. <laughs> like, because she was out here wilding. I would just so make I, sure she's being safe, though. Like, I'm, I'm like, it's not my life, but I would just be the one to be like, okay, you going for your checkups? You got protection. Make sure. I but she was going share. for checkups every week. Like, bruh. <laughs> so I know where you at. Is there a certain that. number where you're like, okay, you get under someone once one or two people fine. Is there like a cutoff where you're like, this is when I have to speak up and say you're acting like a hoe and this is no longer safe. Like, can she yeah. have a one night stand without you saying yeah. something or like how many after how many guys would y'all have to speak up? It was literally a different guy every week for like almost two months. That's extreme. That's extreme. Right. So at like, what point would you have spoken up? After the two second guy, the third guy? I probably was them after the first one, but it ain't my life to live just as long as she's protecting herself. I mean, you can you can be a concerned friend, but at the same time, they're gonna do what they wanna do until they're tired of it. Right, that's why I said I would say something. I'm not going to repeatedly say something. I'm going to say something at least once or twice. And if you're going to keep acting like that, cool. But uh, to answer your question, Renee, I think if I think after the second person, maybe I would have been like, okay, girl, like, what's up? You good? Like, do we need to have a little chat? <laughs> like, is there something? You Spread it out. Like, is it after the second person? What if it was like this person this month? Another person the next month. Would you still say something after the second person? Probably. Probably. Because she wasn't meeting them. And like, like, she was literally meeting these guys to hook up, meeting them in bars. Like, yeah, I can understand if she was attempting to date, but she was, like, legit just like, oh, I'm trying to have sex. I don't care. I don't even know this man's last name i don't know what you're a double girl. standard for women versus men though would you have said yeah, trifling too yes <laughs> i'm like what are you what are you doing trying to run through the whole town I right both of them. yeah i'm not i don't discriminate against men who hoe out here like that either i definitely will say something to a man too and it would still be out of concern be like are you being safe like that time. right my English would be about safety. I don't care. If yeah. Three different guys in the same day. That's your life. But 
I just want to make sure you're being safe. And I know you're going through some things. I would encourage you to be like, this is not the way to handle it, but. Yeah, I was really surprised none of her friends suggested that she go seek some help. Like it took her doctor thinking she was being abused or trafficked or something for her to even hear the word therapy at first, right? I don't know. That to me seemed a little, because she was showing signs of clear distress and more than just the sleeping around. It was other things that were happening that were out of character for her that I feel like her friends should have spoken up and said something like the friend that she has that works with her and how terrible of an employee she was being like it was affecting her life in more than just sexually and I don't I don't know if they handled that well in my opinion needed to sit down and have an intervention with her I don't know I feel like I may have said something for sure to my friend to make sure they were being safe, but I definitely feel like overall, just playing devil's advocate, there's definitely a double standard for men quite often. Um, I feel like if a guy goes through a breakup and he starts dating around or having sex with women, I don't think he gets as much pressure often than a woman who starts sleeping around. Um, And I can hold myself accountable. I think I would feel even more of a gut reaction to a woman. Um, so those are the double standards that I uphold. Like I would have a more visceral reaction to one of you versus one of our guy friends sleeping around. Um, and I think in the back of my mind, the reason I would is because we get pregnant and we hold the baby. That's what I would be thinking of. of like at this point, if you got pregnant, do you know whose baby it is? Um, which sucks, but I definitely think. I would have a little bit more of a double standard. Like if my guy friend sleeps around with two girls after a breakup, I'm not really even concerned. Like I hope you wrapped it up, but it's not that alarming for me. If one of you guys do it, though, I'm like, girl, <laughs> did you wrap Sex. it up? Which is not okay. I'm not saying it's okay, but I think my gut reaction is to have a more visceral reaction to it. And lady. especially if it's out of character for somebody like... Mm-hmm. Like Roz, if you was out here... <laughs> Like, and like, I mean, yeah, like me, it would be like, oh, you all right, sir? I would, I would definitely be concerned if Ross had sex with more so than one person. Do you with that saying of getting underneath someone to help get over someone? No. I'm not an advocate for that type of healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not Marvin Gaye, but I mean, if sexual healing is what you need to be prescribed, go ahead. But uh, <laughs> the same way, do you feel like there's no benefit in during your healing process to get under someone else? No, I I don't think so. I feel like it just leads to more hurt and trauma. I'm gonna play devil's advocate again. <laughs> I think you definitely have to heal, but it depends on how you do it. Surely, don't be a, a hoe like Queenie was. Um, but I've definitely gone through a breakup and part of healing was to go on dates with other guys. And some of those dates led with sex with one of those guys. And it was part of my healing. I don't think it hurt me or set me back. Um, I think sometimes depending on the type of relationship you're dealing with, it could be 
fun to flirt again? Realize you still got it. Realize there are other men out there. Sometimes realize there's better sex out there. Um, I think if you take it to the extreme is when it becomes detrimental regardless of who you are. Um, But I think there are some people and some situations who may can handle getting underneath someone new to help the process of getting over someone. I don't know if it helps the process, though. That's my thing. I feel like. I feel like, cool, you out here exploring, having fun, living your life, but I don't really think it's helping you get over your ex. Mm, it helped me personally, <laughs> for sure. Um, I won't get into details of that, but I, I know for sure it helped in my healing process for the situation I was coming out of. Um, but again, I didn't take it to the extreme. I didn't become a whole like queenie. I didn't alarm you guys. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Get in where you fit in. Heal how y'all need to heal out here. Not judging you. Just be safe. No matter how you choose to heal. Agreed. Um, All right. So getting back to this book, there's a moment where while Queenie is being the hoe she became at one point, she ends up sleeping with one of her friends' boyfriends. She didn't know that this guy named Guy was dating one of her friends and they were having lots of sex with each other. And eventually her friend Cassandra finds out um, and it ruins their friendship. Cassandra is upset with Queenie, even though Queenie didn't know that that was her boyfriend. Do you guys feel like Cassandra was justified in her reaction? Would you have reacted the same way? Cassandra was trash. Yeah, how is Queenie supposed to know that that was her guy? So you Queenie feel like had absolutely no reason she to know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it yeah. hurt like cheated on, but I'm not going to um, break off the friendship. Break off the friendship because clearly Queenie and still go with the dude. Yeah, yeah, she oh. Yes, definitely. So Cassandra stays with this man. He moves with this man. Um, That's what got me. Do you feel like you would have... Well, what's your reaction to it, Alana? What's your thoughts on it? So, like, I could understand being upset with Queenie because you know Queenie was out here being a hoe and now she didn't hoe with your man. But you can't... She ain't no, first of all. If you should be mad at anybody, it should be him. So the fact that she broke off her friendship with Queenie and ran off with this man was just kind of messed up. And I was like, mm, she wasn't your friend in the first place. But then next thing you know, here she come. I'm sorry. He started cheating again. Duh, stupid. He was cheating on you from the whole time y'all got together. I definitely would have been much. upset. It was annoying. <laughs> I would have been upset with my man for cheating on me. Do y'all feel like y'all would have been upset with him for cheating on you with your friend? Like, either, neither one of them could have known. Right. Just neither one of them known. I do think I would have needed some space from my friend, though. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. But take space from the, the man, too. Jesus. Oh, I agree. So he would have been dropped off. But... Right. But speaking of, like we spoke about earlier, there are times in the heat of the moment we don't make the right decisions because we are so connected to our emotions and whatever tie we have. 
that we make some some silly decisions that we eventually end up regretting, like Cassandra did. Um, but I definitely, I don't blame her for being disappointed that Queenie was the girl he was cheating with. And yeah. I could totally understand how she needed a break. Um, and to a certain extent, I could totally understand how they ended up, you know, having the little bit of a spat that they had with each other. Um, I think eventually, though, I would have ended up texting y'all. Like, I just need a moment to get over this. And right now, I need space. Um, I don't think it would have ruined my friendship with you guys, but who knows? I think we do better, though, because we all are kind of in this very small dating scene. (laughs) And so we typically say hey do y'all know this person have y'all heard of this person or I'm going out a date with such and such like we kind of make sure that it ain't none of that weird stuff happening and what I think is the, the argument Cassandra made though was like I told you his name was Guy and Queenie's like well I thought it was just another guy named Guy <laughs> I didn't know it was this one um which is real like I think this is a very realistic situation that can happen for sure. Because I know I don't always But the way she would... Yeah, that's true. We don't always do it. But I think it was also interesting because the way Cassandra often talked about Guy was not like, oh, I met this man and his name is Guy. It was more so like, oh, I'm going out with my handsome guy. like, mm-hmm. And that could be you know, taken either way. Like You just referring to him as a guy. You ain't never say his name. I didn't realize or put two and two together that this guy you were referring to, his name was actually Guy. And I think there was a lot of miscommunication there that could have been avoided had they been a little more open. I would have him that silly name. Facts. (laughs) Facts. But he was white. So, you know. So, y'all, what are forgiving your friend and just maybe taking some space? That when I hear y'all. Yeah. I could see, yes, I could see me being like, dang, girl, why you have to be out here homing? and sleep with my man, he trash, but I'm going to need a minute. I think it hurt Cassandra more because he wasn't sleeping with uh, her. All right, cool. So it definitely sounds like we're all aligned. We wouldn't have been mad at our friend. Maybe just needed a break. But does the situation change if Guy was your husband and your friend slept with your husband? Knowing that he was my husband? Unknowing. Well, I don't know how. Yeah, how would I not know if we friends? I guess. He would have been at the wedding. But maybe you're not that close of friends, but you were acquaintances. I feel like you was still. You had a COVID wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you would still know that's my husband. I'm not fine that. I'm not forgiving that. Both of y'all mad at both of y'all. Yeah, we got to be on social media or something. Like, there's got to be some way that I know that's your husband. Even if you were just introduced to the friend group. One time or something. Something. I'm going to tell y'all, if I get in a car accident, how in the world I'm going to keep a husband, a whole man away from y'all? You can't (laughs) do that like that. Girl, you'd have kept stuff from us for weeks before, though, so. Yeah. Okay, I can't. You bought a whole house and we had no clue it was coming until you it's were about to close. No, you showed us and I was moving. 
you went through the whole process of buying a house and no one knew. I could definitely see you being in a relationship, especially if it's one that happens quickly where like we fell in love real quick and then we decided let's just give me example. One of our friends is married and we've never met her husband. What if we accidentally but we've slept seen with him? him? We know what he looks like. We know what he I'll, looks like. Though. She's it. shown us pictures. Bob has not seen them. I don't know. She's sitting here. We would head. know. I don't know this man. <laughs> See? Yeah, you would. You would have never seen him. But Raz also ain't the type to be out here just sleeping with anybody. Either. <laughs> I'm just yes. saying it's possible, and if it <laughs> happens, it sounds like y'all are not going to forgive your friend. <laughs> so, but I didn't say that. I didn't say I wouldn't forgive her. But I just you don't know how she wouldn't know. Yeah. I just don't know how she wouldn't know. Yeah, that's what I'm not getting is how you not know, sis. Like, I'm keeping, that means holiday parties, birthdays. I ain't saying nothing about nobody. Right. Like, wow. That's like, that's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just don't see. I just, I just don't see. It would be way different now if she knowingly slept with her husband. Oh, you gone. You and the husband both gone. <laughs> well, you're not giving him either. I don't see. That's the difference. I don't know. It would just be very hard. I think I could. We could probably try to work through it, but it would be hard. And if it was my friend, and you know it's my friend, oh man, that gone. Mm, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Especially, I feel like this. Now, with the whole thing, if the maybe the friend doesn't know, but I feel like you, you would talk about your husband. I mean, talk about your friends to your husband, or if you going out on girls' night, be like, oh, "I'm going out with so and so." Okay. See you later. Like. There ain't too many queenies out there. Facts. That's facts. I, and that's a, I, I think I, he mentioned that. I, I think God mentioned you, that too. I think I understand you guys' point is if it were your close friend, but I certainly feel like further away friends that you may not speak to all the time, like it is possible for it oh, to right. happen for yeah. sure. I, yeah. More of those friends than I do have close friends. I don't think it's impossible for them to end up in bed with each other. Yeah, yeah no, no, that don't surprise yeah. If it's, um, but I wouldn't care as much either. If it was one of y'all, yeah, I'm gonna care. But if it's like one of y'all friends that I've only hung out with like two times, I'm gonna be like, oh well, how was she supposed to know? I don't talk to her. <laughs> like, and I, then all the anger would be at the husband. Okay, because I mean, just I mean, just for cheating at that at that point in time, I'm not mad at you for who you cheated with. You still cheated. So, so we know what Queenie, well, what some of Queenie's bad habits are in her relationship. What bad habits have you guys? overcome when it comes to being in a relationship with a man or what bad habits do you still have that you're willing to share with our listeners <laughs> that we're willing to share <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, 
You want to Ain't no secrets, everybody. It's family who listens to the Novel Black Girl podcast. What's your bad habit? The first bad habit that I'm still working on actively, every interaction, uh, is ignoring red flags. So, like, in hindsight, my worst relationship that I was in. There were things as early as like month one that I was just like, girl, why wouldn't you just drop it then before you wasted two years on this man and a lot of emotional damage. (laughs) And so I've uh, noticed that there were things that I would ignore, overlook or just like say, well, it ain't that bad. But then it progressively gets worse as more time is invested. And so um, that's one of the things that I have to like. I'm aware of now, so I'm more consciously thinking through those things as I date or attempt to date. So I'm very single out here, and I'm cool with being single right now, so I don't be doing too much dating. Plus, it's a pandemic. But yeah, that's one thing. And then the second thing is like, um, I've had my fair share of exploration. Not quite as dramatic as Queenie, but I have had my fair share. And so I've also been more aware of those things and trying to be more in control, I guess. I can definitely relate to that. I think to further, going even further, I had to learn to trust my gut and my instinct when I saw the red flags. But then Mm -hmm. I had a bad habit in my last relationship of like, well, I see the red flags. um, And because it wasn't something that he did that was extreme, I was unable to, like, have the breakup conversation of, like, actually, I don't think we should date or take this further. Like, I'm so self-aware of, like, well, I don't want to seem like a bitch or, like, I'm being mean because I just saw this little flag that I know will lead to our demise in the future. So I would talk myself out of removing myself from that situation. Um, So I had to learn, like, you have to put yourself first um and not necessarily his feelings first um and I think I've learned the earlier you get out of it the better um I'm no longer willing to lose time um so yeah that's definitely one of my flaws I think another flaw that I'm hyper aware of or bad habit that I have um I spoil myself when I'm single (laughs) Very much so. Like, I date me, I pamper me, all the things. And so when I'm in a relationship, releasing that um, to the guy um, and then being okay with what that looks like for him and how he wants to treat me. Because I find that sometimes, like, if a month goes by, I'm like, "Mm, well, I want to go to the spa. I'm used to treating myself to the spa. I'm going to the spa. And then it makes a guy feel like, well, dang, you didn't even say that to me. And I'm just like, you should have thought of that. I'm going on a date with myself. Um, I think it could be very, I don't know, maybe demeaning for them even. Um, Because I also have a bad habit of like, if I mention I want to do something, if you don't make it happen quick, it's like, well, I'm going to go do this. Um, And I need to learn to be more patient and communicate more of like, I am thinking about doing that thing that I mentioned to you. Would you like me to wait or would you like to do it with me? I don't even bother having those conversations at times. I'm just kind of like, Cool, do it. And I yeah. made people feel, well, made a person feel weird. 
Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I'm scared of myself in that regard when I do really seriously start dating someone because I do so much on my own, like Mm -hmm. being able to let my guard down and let them do things for me. Yeah. And it's like, I'm also spoiled. Like if I say, hey, my friends are going to go on this trip. You want to go? And maybe he says no because he actually doesn't want to go. If he says no, I'm like, why can't you not afford it? I can afford it for both of us. Can we go? Like, I don't know how to just accept no. In my head, I'm like, okay, well, he doesn't want to go. I'm still going. Like, (laughs) which is probably not good if you're trying to be someone's wife. But when I hear no, I'm like, oh, man, there's a problem. Let me help you solve this problem. Instead of like, no, and we've made a decision, we ain't going. In my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to go. And it's cool you don't want to go. He ain't going. You not going. Right. <laughs> right. I'm so, I spoil myself so much. I don't understand the word no. Like, and I, I tend to date guys that don't say no to things like that. And so when I encounter that, I immediately think like, oh, there must be a problem. Let me help you solve the problem. And sometimes it's just like, no, I don't want to. So I figured it out. It's always a learning, just learning in general. I know for me, it's more of, I I have, I guess my bad habit are timelines. So it's like, okay, three months. If I'm seeing, if I, if, well, if I do see red flags, it's a done deal. I mention it, pray on it. I'm like, ah. I can already tell we're not going anywhere. Might as well not waste anybody's time. Just have it. I guess I guess you could say a bad habit for me is I cut people off too soon. I don't <laughs> give them a chance. But Opposite then, of me and Alana. But then <laughs> Right. <laughs> if I do give I've been I've been giving people chances, but then there's always like, okay, after ninety days. Not ninety days. Yes. Okay, Joan. <laughs> Three months. I mean that's that's a good length of time. This, Show if you interested or this can go somewhere. Is it though? Yes, because I've been in situationships for six months and I oh, had the I conversation. And you have a conversation like, oh, no, nah, I've been dating other folks. Oh, well, okay. Well. That's real. So you want monogamy within 90 days or you want to no, move on? No, no, no. That doesn't have to be like a solidified, committed relationship, but at least intent like we need to be making baby steps okay we talk we're getting to know each other we're dating you can be dating multiple people then there's like exclusive dating and then it can be full-blown relationship i can i don't know how long so in 90 days what do you need from a guy 90 days for me i need to feel like there's potential like there's there hasn't been any like initial red flags like i feel like in 90 days you you probably haven't seen everybody in all the situations. Like you might not have seen them mad, upset, but you can probably see if their their mood shift. Like if they're going through something, their ups, their downs. Um, you know what? That reminds me of another bad habit I have. I don't usually even have ninety days before I'm like, "Yep, we're in a relationship. We're dating. He's mine." <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. I don't give it enough time to date a person. Like. Because for me, I always wanted, like, I'm always big on, cause just how we mentioned before, y'all are like, when we're done, we're done. But I'm always big on building a friendship as a foundation. Because even if it's one of the hardest breakups, worst breakups I ever had, I at least want to be able to, if I see you in public, 
to acknowledge you and respect you and have some type of sense of like, because mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm still in Indiana, the circle is so small, you're probably going to see this person Facts. around. See, um, it goes back to my habit. I don't know how to say no. Like my last three year relationship, I literally said to one of my friends, I don't want to rush into a relationship. And I said out loud to her, if he asked me to be his girlfriend, because I felt like it was coming, like, I'm going to say no. And then the moment happens, and I don't know how to say no. Like, in those moments, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be the mean one to say no. But and I feel then like it's not a no. It's like, it's not a no as if, no, I don't want to be with you. It's a no, not right now. Let's take a little bit more time. I don't, I don't ha- in the moment, it's like, I don't have. Renee don't know how to hear no or say no. Facts. Like, I, and, and because I'm such a sucker for love, I always, it always happens. Guys do not take 90 days to ask me to be their girl. And once they ask me, I'm like, sure. And then for, I mean, <laughs> one reason why I'm, I'm in no rush either, because I'm not that, I could work on my vulnerability a lot more too. So that's mm-hmm. a bad habit that I had. Within 30 days, I'm like, yeah, we know, what? Are you ready for me to meet your mama? We good? Like my stuff always goes fast and I don't force it. The guys are just always willing to like. Yep, I want you to be my girlfriend. And I'm always just like, okay, we date now. I'm like, I'm all for t- thinking about it and talking about the future. But on the first day, I'll be like, uh-huh, what? You let's, know. let's just figure out if I want chicken fingers. Or I need to learn not. how to sit poolside for a second before I jump all the way in. I'm, I'm very much so a diver. <laughs> I've dived in once and even still within that diving in, after three months, I was like, this isn't going anywhere. And broke up so i'm gonna call you the next time you'll be my accountability buddy and you'll role play with me (laughs) so clearly we have in relationships friendships we all have some things that we are continuing to grow and learn about ourselves just to make ourselves better as better as individuals so when we do find the one and with our friends and all that we can show up how they need us to basically but i mean queenie she had a journey she um had some bad habits she worked through them yeah or did she so i mean that's a it'll be interesting to see if there's like a sequel to this how Mm. it would play out or oh that would be good oh true like just uh like i still have a little bit to read, but just to see how Queenie in the 30s would be. I think y'all gonna have to give like her Queenie in a. a I just want to see her date a black man. But she to- has such damage from her abusive stepdad that I'm not sure she'll ever date a black guy. Man. Um, because of the experiences she has and so even if the answer isn't to necessarily date a black guy she just needs to learn how to navigate healthy relationships yeah yeah and well actually navigating when things get hectic um because things won't always be healthy and i don't think she knows how to even communicate well when she needs to speak up for herself in a way that allows it to still be a productive relationship that can come to some kind of resolution I don't think she's there yet. Yeah. Hmm. We're definitely going to keep talking about this in our next episode. Make sure you take some time to read Queenie. 
Um, we're going to be talking about um, the rest of the book next time. Make sure you tune in, leave us some feedback, and we will see y'all later. Peace out, y'all. Bye.